Cold floors mean cold feet. Permaseal has a solution for that, our permafoam insulation and crawl space encapsulation system. Hi, I'm Roy Spencer of Permaseal. There's nothing worse than stepping off the couch or out of bed and recoiling at the sudden sting of cold floors. Call Permaseal today at 800-421-SEAL to schedule a free inspection. From now until December 31st, you'll receive 20% off your crawl space encapsulation system with permafoam insulation. An untreated crawl space can rot the floor joists, breed mold, Increase your energy costs. Insulating and encapsulating your crawl space is the most effective and worthwhile way to solve your cold floor problem. For over 40 years, Chicagoland homeowners have trusted Permaseal to make their home healthier and more valuable. So call today and take advantage of our 20% off any new estimates for crawl space encapsulation with Permafoam. That's 800-421-7325 or visit permaseal.net. WCPT 820, Chicago's Progressive Talk, where facts matter. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks, says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses, says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Okay, you all have got to be careful out there. Uh, this is bad. It's really nasty out there. I'm so sorry. I was trying to get here in time to do the uh, first traffic report. I decided to uh, walk through this. It's not that far. I live very close, and I'm trying not to use my car as much because it would be ridiculous to drive the two blocks from my home. And uh, I'm trying to be less car-brained. Just learned that today uh, from our friends uh, like Better Streets Chicago and other folks that are trying to make our streets safer for everyone, including vehicles and pedestrians and cyclists. Anyway, uh, if you guys remember, uh, not that you should, but last year during a particularly snowy day, I tried to drive over here and uh, nearly slid into a parked car. It's one of those things where you no longer have any control over the vehicle. It's like, okay, this is going to turn out somehow. Um, I don't know what it's going to be. And I stopped within really... I would say an inch of a uh, Jeep Cherokee that was parked on Milwaukee Avenue. So I was like, I'm just going to walk over. And it is different when you walk in, into the wind and uh, snow in your face and you try to oh, see, I'm still trying to catch my breath. <sighs> Everybody do that. Just take a breath. <sighs> try to relax a little bit. Maybe we we'd draw it in for four. One, two, three, four, and hold it there for three seconds. One, two, three. Three in the next hail. Ah, three, four, five, six. See, it's good to slow down the heart rate, change your brain chemistry a little bit. It's very stressful out there. Please be careful. As uh, Lady B was mentioning, there are a lot of accidents on our roadways. And uh, I was I was out doing Christmas shopping in my neighborhood. Stayed local. Just uh, did some shopping up and down Milwaukee Avenue. Stopped at places like uh, Rep Chai over over by there. I'm a Milwaukee near Montrose. Uh, I love that shop. If you're ever looking for Chicago themed items like shirts and sweatshirts and pint glasses, artwork and jewelry, magnets, postcards, books, all kinds of great stuff, scarves and winter hats, uh, they've got a great collection. So if you are if you live on the northwest side and you want to stop there, or you can go on their website and uh, and order some stuff. I love there and there's a lot of great Chicago stores like that all over. 
over the city. That happens to be the one in uh, Jefferson Park that I enjoy visiting. And I picked up some items. And then um, there's a great Mexican restaurant that my friends recommended that I stop at to get a torta from Itzchel. And that was amazing as well. And then I stopped for gelato because it was that kind of day. It just it feels like a eat and stay warm kind of a day. And, uh, and I have a big pot of uh, chili brewing at home. So I thought I'd bring some gelato, a p- couple pints of gelato from Ixchel, which will be open tomorrow as well uh, on Milwaukee Avenue. Someone messaged yesterday. They're like, uh, what, uh, what about all the other neighborhoods? Well, send me your stuff. I, I don't have enough time. I work four jobs. I don't have enough time to, to collect all the information about different neighborhoods. So please, we would love to hear from you. If you are a business owner or you have a favorite business you would like folks in your community and throughout the Chicagoland area to learn more about, you can call. You can always call and say, hey, I found this great record shop. I found this great bookshop, this secondhand store, this boutique, uh, whatever it is that you like, please always feel free anytime. We could be in the middle of any, con- I mean, not any conversation, but if something strikes you, please give us a call at 773-763-9278 and let us know uh, what business you would like to amplify and share with us all so that we can support local businesses. Uh, speaking of which, we want to thank our friend Monaco Brewing for providing sponsorship for this show. They're a small business and they are starting to expand in the Chicagoland area as well. So you can go to the Patty Vasquez show page on Facebook and uh, find out where you can pick up maybe a hard seltzer. My favorite's the grapefruit. And proceeds of that also go to uh, Planned Parenthood as well as Personal Pack here in Illinois. And we want to thank our friends at Kids Above All. I know they've been having a really busy holiday season collecting kids toys to make sure the children have the magic of Christmas like every child deserves as well as the incredible work they do throughout the year to help children reach their potential. Uh, children who are in a situation where perhaps they've survived trauma or they uh, their parents uh, are not with them. Uh, they, they support kids in foster homes and group homes, uh, help place kids in, in homes with parents who want to adopt as well as help the families get stronger providing early childhood uh, education and all the things that the kids uh, need to, uh, to to make their way in life and reach their potential. And then our friend Warren, I bet you Warren, okay, I know Warren often says it's not that busy at European and U.S. car service, but uh, I don't know. From what I'm hearing, Lady B's traffic reports, it sounds like there's going to be some uh, auto body work going on over by there. So uh, just uh, take care out there. I know we say it all the time, and it seems uh, corny to say, just you have you shouldn't have to be in a hurry today uh you should never have to be in a hurry you should always you know be aware of your surroundings uh be considerate of drivers around you don't drive at anybody don't overestimate the uh, ability of your car the uh (laughs) there are people who drive suvs it's not a batmobile it's not like if you roll over in a ditch there's going to be like inflatable rafts like to take you comfortably down the hill or uh, you're not driving bumper cars, uh, please. And the other thing is, look, you might be do you might be doing very well and another car loses control, starts to slide on the ice. You need to be ready at any moment. Hey, Judy in Niles. What's going on, my friend? I, well, I said, I, as usual, I'm just so far behind with everything because we get tired when we're in your 90s. And I, we just picked up a little something for my daughter-in-law and son because we're going to give them money, of course, because everybody needs it. Yeah. And, um, but I always 
I, I just can't see they're sitting under a Christmas tree and not having one thing to open. So I bring I know. And <laughs> back to grab <laughs> a pair of this and a, 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 a thing of that and, you know, sure. wanted to have something to wrap up. And it, the one thing I went, I, it was open when they were displaying it. When I came home and took the back off and put it on the front, it's prettier than my my wrapping, and so I think I may just wrap a gold cord around it and say here. <laughs> um, that, what is it again? That looks pretty. I, it, there's a something, and it's a it's Steve Madden, you know the brand name. Sure. And they got this set. I don't know if I can't say because I don't know whether my son will listen. Oh yeah, never mind. But, but still, yeah. it looks it looks but pretty they, enough not to wrap. Mm-hmm. It was a display. You know, they opened it for the display, and when you take the box top off the back and put it on top, it, it's it's lovely. It's it's got silver and black and white and gold, and, <laughs> and I thought I'll just I'll just wrap a a gold ribbon around it, and that'll be it. I, sure, I think maybe I'm talking myself into this, though. I'm talking myself out of wrapping a whole lot. Of things. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I know, but we we getting the tree up was we got tired, but we got it up, and I and I put everything up. I mean, I've got red towels in the bathroom and Christmas towels in the kitchen, and I, I mean, I just I, I I get a little silly. That's all, there's, hey, it's there's nothing wrong with being silly ever, and in particular at the holidays. It, gets, it puts us all yeah, in a mood. I like to decorate for holidays. That's lovely. This year we had a great. We have this old rocker in the basement, and for years we were thinking of chopping it up and making a bonfire out of it. But this year, I walked in Walgreens, and they had a six-foot skeleton. I said, oh, the <laughs> rocker's going out in front. Nice. With a six-foot skeleton in it, and it was fun. Oh, yeah. that's hysterical. I knew there was a reason I was hanging on to this. <laughs> <laughs> Now, do you have a full, like a big Santa to put in the rocking chair too? Or are you going to get one of those that when no, the... You know, that would be a good idea. Although I I worry about... I'm I'm a wood refinisher person. I love stripping paint off of everything. And all my kitchen chairs are... <laughs> one we picked off the street. One, one I bought for $10 and the other I bought for 6 and I forget where the fourth one came from. I think my grand, my uh, father-in-law's basement. And I stripped them all and, and re, re-finished them. They're all oak except one. They're, they're pretty nice chairs. So I worry about the ch- the rocking chair because it doesn't have any... I'm, I'm going to have to either paint it. But the decision is, do I paint it black so the skeleton shows? Or do I... Ooh, I like that. Yeah, we did put a little bit of a, a backing that was missing a little piece, and we made that like so that he shows. But then he wouldn't look too good with the Santa Claus on him. So I was wondering what we should do with him. Hmm. Orange would be, uh, then I thought maybe I'll just use up everything I have and make him multicolored. Make the oh. whole chair, you know, a blop of this. <laughs> that doesn't like a project. I have a question for you, Judy. Uh, we've talked about the different ways in which you keep trying to listen to the show once the uh, signal gets a little bit weaker. So where do you listen to the show these days? Well, my husband has been able to get it on his phone a couple times. Okay. 
and that that bobs out, and then I have to go poke him in the, while he's in watching stuff in his room, and they get it back in. Yet, but some days it stays quite long, and sometimes it pops in and out. But it, it'll it will come back on several occasions. So I've been doing that. Excellent. And yesterday I managed to tip this one a different direction. <laughs> I feel like, you know, the old days when you used to bend a coat hanger and <laughs> go out and hold it. I feel like I'm doing it where I tip the radio really sideways and it it came in. It was blurry. <laughs> and I was getting somebody else's signal in the background, but I, I heard the whole show. Oh, there you go. There must be days when the ionosphere or something is... <laughs> You know, better. Right. I don't know. All right. Well, whatever it takes. I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you're making it yeah, work, Judy. Actually, Wednesday was my day. I was going to call, but you had so much going on. Oh yeah. Sorry about I, that. Yep. I I no longer go in the backyard and dance naked because uh, I horrify the neighbors. But it was the Druid holiday. You know, there was the solstice. Okay, and do you yeah, usually uh, go dancing naked for the solstice? <laughs> of really? course, I was. Uh, well, of I course, am I did. from druids. Oh, fair. <laughs> I am Welsh. I have some Welsh. Okay. I have actually six nationalities. My son has seven. We're collecting them. Nice. All right. So, uh, anyway, even before that, we were starting to go. We got about three minutes back. It'll make everybody feel a little better, I think. Yes, we've uh, and. Um, I noticed that you used to go out at 5.28, and now it's 29. So hey. I'm wondering if it's going to move back, you know, little by little as the yep. afternoon sun. We're clawing, our, we're clawing our way back to 6 o'clock, I know, right? To, clawing the, our way back. That's right. Yeah. We've made it across that yeah. line of demarcation. Actually, the uh, winter solstice <laughs> is the anniversary of my husband propo- proposing to me in... Uh, in night in two in, oh, yeah. in typical Welsh style. Is it really, Steve? I didn't know that my husband was. Well, I mean, he's I, he's I Welsh. Don't know whether he's, he is. But, he's. But they are. That's the Druids, right? I don't know. Is that, is that when they propose? Is on the solstice? I, I don't know, but it should try to look that up. All right. Just the one that's good at that. Although she she's better. She she found a few people, and I found a few people, and then we collaborate and and put our knowledge together. And we found so many things. I mean, I grew up never knowing that I had relatives that walked off the Mayflower. I wish I had. Wouldn't have that been cool? Yeah. You know, raise your hand and say, uh hum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my husband proposed uh, in 1999 on the winter solstice. And so that's uh, that's how that, yeah, was the beginning of a, a wonderful journey, honey. And apparently my husband is a Welsh druid. So there you go. Well, maybe he is. Well, he is definitely Welsh. Celebrate St. David's Day? That <laughs> uh, sounds like something he does have on the calendar. He keeps track of all those things. Well, you have to wear a daffodil or you could wear a piece of a leek, although it might be a little smelly. No, I've not seen him wearing any particular type of vegetable yeah, and or uh, weed. <laughs> I, grew up, I grew up, you know, thinking I'm, I'm not really anything. I always felt kind of left out. Oh. You know? These people would be something, and I would say, well, I got a little of that, but, you know, you never really feel that really close when there's so many. (laughs) My family was good at it, but uh, 
because I know in my grandparents' day that it it really was something for them to marry into German. There was a little bit of sniffling going on there. <laughs> a little after bit. A while, what was that mm-hmm. After a while, they 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 were really awful. They called each other terrible names and laughed about it. No. Oh, wow. Yeah. Some people are like that. I. Mean, it, it, I it, it really is hard for me to sometimes not say names because my family did it, but they were related. And, you know, it was, hey, you stupid, whatever. Oh, dear. And, wow. Yeah, See, I never, I, I never got, I don't, I, I don't, care. I don't enjoy that kind of exchanges, like when people get nasty in that way. So they <laughs> I didn't I, care. And it was, it was all in good fun. Yep. They, I can tell that they, it didn't bother them. I, you know, you can feel that. It didn't bother them, and, and it was the opening for the other guy to say it back. Right. It was like a ping pong match. Right. I, yeah. Well, you gotta. You, you, some people have thick skin. I just don't have time. <laughs> that kind of nonsense. Well, maybe they I, did. Maybe they were tougher than we are. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, no, taking insults is not a matter of toughness. It's a matter of, like I said, I don't have time for that kind of garbage. That's all. Well, you have to. You have to know the people well. I think when it's in your own family, and you really, really know how people feel and what their tolerance is. Yeah, exactly. Yes, that has to be. Yeah, exactly. I've got to. I got to run you to guys a. Br- have a great. You Christmas too. And all you people out there, I love you all. Oh, thank you, Judy. We love you. Have a wonderful holiday. We'll talk to you again soon. I'll be here on Christmas Eve, by the way. Me and Elliot Serrano and my son Griffin will be on the air from uh, filling in for Edwin from 1 to 4. We're going to talk about the, the Bible and, uh, and and the interpretations of religion, that kind of stuff. Oh, Todd has been watching the thing, you know, like comparing the Bible to actual history. I love that, yeah. too. Yeah, that's what we'll be doing. Excellent. Join us on, on Saturday. We'll be here. I will. All right. Thanks, Judy. Have a wonderful okay. evening. Take care. Be safe. Let's take a break here. When we come back, oh, don't forget, we are giving away $50 gift cards throughout the rest of the year to Gindo's Spice of Life. Every single day, you have a chance to win. And uh, let's see. <laughs> what uh, You know what? The, uh, the one I really love is horseradish prosecco is one of my favorites as well. So that's the phrase today is horse, horseradish prosecco. That's not a, a Prosecco wine that's flavored like horseradish. It's just a couple of the flavors that are in one of the sauces. So horseradish Prosecco is the phrase that pays a day for a chance to win the $50 gift card today from Gindo's Spice of Life. You can go to Gindo's.com to check out all of their wonderful products. And uh, we want to thank our, our sponsor for the Text Screen Camp Kubagani, a child's summer of empowerment, challenge, and fun. You can go to MulticulturalCamp.com to learn more. More in a moment on W. CPT, Heartland Signal. I, by the way, stay tuned because I've got a discount for you at BootTights.com too. The Rick Smith Show. I've said from the beginning I want to go back to the you know, Mr. Smith goes to Washington days where you've got to hold the floor. Uh, a talking filibuster is what. If it's so important that something stops, everything should stop. In my view, my fear is that you do away with it entirely, and now we end up having these wild pendulum swings. Uh, while I do advocate for doing away with it, I do have some fear. The Rick Smith Show weeknights from eight to ten on WCPT eight twenty Chicago's Progressive Talk. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. 
Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at ANS Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. Good morning, and welcome to your AccuWeather update. We've got several inches of frozen precipitation on the ground, and it's still coming down. That's right, it's snowing. Coming up, a complete list of school closings right after this. Coming to you on an icy road. There's no school, no, they're all closed. And when you wake up, you get rolling. It's good packing. And it's still snowing. Make a snowman. I'm a snowman. Build a snowman. I'm a snowman. Gotta roll out the big bottom ball. Stack on the middle and then the small. Got a corn cob pipe. I need two lumps of coal, cause I can't see yet, I'm a snowman. To love uh, Steve Goody's Snowman for his, his holiday album, and uh, he and Bradley Tassel have been performing their virtual comedy show, Merry Kvetchmas, and we are going to have, a, we had a performance last night online, we moved it to Wednesday, and my apologies for not the heads up, I was on my couch when they were like, hey, we're doing a show right now, I'm like, oh my gosh! And the greatest thing about that happening is I can just pull up my phone and be on the Zoom call right away. So we are going to be back on Wednesday next week. Uh, it's Wednesday of next week for the virtual comedy show, usually on Thursdays. But we'll be doing this uh, on Wednesday. Hey, let's get uh, Matt is calling. Hey, Matt, what's going on out by you? Uh, well, you know, it's uh, I don't know how to tell you this, Patty, but it's uh, bright and sunny out. <laughs> um I don't right. believe you. It's about what seventy four. <laughs> Where exactly are you calling from, my friend? Uh, the heater. <laughs> uh, no, it's nasty out there. Are you Ubering? Uh, are you Ubering tonight? You driving for? Yes, I am. Oh no. man, that's got to be so stressful. That's crazy. Uh, it's not really stressful. Until my mother calls and then yells at me for working. Sure. I mean, I, I just, I'm going to yell uh, at you, too. What are you thinking? <laughs> Sorry. Look, I already have one Jewish mother, okay? I do not need two. <laughs> Fine. Fine. All right. I always say, uh, and this is going to sound very terrible over the radio, but uh, I always say that um, my uh, mother sound. You ever watched the movie A Christmas Story? I've I've seen it. I've had it on in the background. Does that count? I'm, I'm, there's a kid with his yeah, tongue stuck to a light pole. Yeah. You know that that counts. So I, <laughs> when Ralphie says the F word, and his mom calls the other mom and says, "You'll never guess what my son said," and then she says it, and then you go, "No, no," and you hear it in the background on the phone, and then she goes, "Guess where he heard it? Oh. Where?" And she says, "She says her son's name." All you hear in the background, and this is what my mother sounds like when she yells, what? 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 <laughs> 
fantastic. So, by the way, I know that sounded terrible over the radio, so I'm very sorry to all of you, including Roosevelt, who had to hear me do that. But no, just people are out here driving like, um, what's the word I can use on the radio? That's the buttholes. I think but, buttholes works, right? You can say butthole on the radio? Oh, my God. I, I use that so much now. I would think so. I mean, you can't say the other one. I don't think we're supposed to say the other one. Or or maybe we can, and it just doesn't sound great. Maybe buttholes doesn't sound great either. Jerk hole, jerk faces, jer- uh, hmm. uh, butthead. butthead. Buttheads. There you go. D-bags? No, that's not good. Amy's <laughs> like, I don't know where to go with this. I don't know if I hit the button, if I just let it roll, pretend like it's not happening. If Chris Boy were here, he would just yell, what's wrong with you? What's the matter with you? <laughs> but, um, you know, it's coming up on the uh, end of the year, and I'm going to say this again next week, but Patty, thank you for everything that you do. You are in there, rain or shine, or in this case, breathing death. Um, and we, I, I don't know if you know this, even though you probably do, but we, the audience, even, even what's his name? That cat. <laughs> Booger eating cat. appreciate. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> greatly appreciate what you do and how you do it. You bring a levity to the day. It starts out funny with Stephanie and then it's real serious for the entire day. And then you bring the levity back. And we need that because, date. I don't know if you know this, being in America is very hard right now for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, and we just, we love you and we appreciate you. And you better be in here on Sunday, even though it's not your day. <laughs> I'll be here on, on Christmas Eve, I promise. And you got to come out to one of our shows someday. Because, by the way, I'm about to jump on with Ron Onesti in a few minutes to talk about his uh, calendar for 2023, the holiday events he has, and more comedy shows coming up. Displains isn't that far. You can come to Displains, right? Hold on. I don't know who's calling me. Yeah, no, I can go to Displains. Wait, what? Hold, hold on a second. Sweetie, uh, darling, I'm on the air. What's up? <laughs> he just hung up on me. My son just called me. <laughs> That's all right. I got to take a break, do the traffic, call my son, and then talk oh. to Ron Onesti from Onesti We love Entertainment. you, Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Good luck. All right. Hey, be safe. And, and like your mom, get off the streets as fast as you can, all right? It's not as fast, but as soon as you can. Make your money, driving driving for Uber or Lyft or whatever, and then get home safely. Be warm and get, get a nice hot, hot cup of tea. All right? Thanks, Matt. Let's take a break here. We'll come back in just a moment and check in with Ron Onesti and find out what's coming up at the Arcata Speakeasy, at the Desplaines Theater, at the Arcata Theater, all the amazing venues he has. More after this on the Heartland Signal. You're listening to Driving It Home until 7. Remember when you get to work to hop over to WCPT820.com or the TuneIn Radio app and stream The Stephanie Miller Show weekdays 8 to 11 a.m. on Chicago's Progressive Talk, where facts matter. You're listening to WCPT820, because facts matter. Grandpa got run over by a hybrid Walking through the Whole Foods parking lot Dang, he said that engine sure is quiet And that turned out to be his final thought The driver did not see him coming Till through the windshield Grandpa sailed She said at first she thought what hit her 
was just a giant flying cursing bag of kale. <laughs> That's uh, Steve Goody and Bradley Tassel with Grandpa Got Run Over by a Hybrid. Uh, we've got on the line with us Ron Onesti, Onesti Entertainment. So much going on at your incredible venues. How are you doing tonight? You staying warm and toasty tonight? Oh, I really am, Patty. You know, it's just so nice to talk to you. And, and I got to tell you, you know, you're just an amazing person. I know people tell you this all the time, but probably just not enough. But as I've come to know you, know, know each other for many, many years, the on-air personality, the special events that you do, the comedy shows that you put together and that you participate in, it's incredible what you do out there, Miss. I got to tell you. Oh, you're you're very kind. Thank you. Well, here, when I work with people like you who are invested in making sure that people go out and have a good time and know that they're going to uh, really, you know, from the way your venues are decorated to the service, I mean, every single person that I've talked to at, at your venues are just so, they're just, you, we hopefully, I think what we do is we, we love to see people be happy. And that's, that's just what drives me. Right. It, it really does. So right back at you, my friend. I love what you do at all the venues. I mean, I was, in the last few months, we've had the opportunity to do uh, bourbon and brass and it is just i mean all yeah. the comics have had fun with like you know it's it's part you know this sort of secret room and you feel like you're doing something a little naughty in your, and then like the way it's decorated it's old school and it just it's got so much great energy uh and then the speakeasy and and both i mean like just the range of entertainment that you bring in is it's just <laughs> outstanding i mean what keeps you going ron you know you just said it though patty you know we have a I kind of see it as a responsibility. You know, we're on stage and uh, we get the opportunity to bring to people an opportunity to, uh, I mean, uh, uh, a way of having, uh, allowing them to, to, to go get away from it all for a minute. You know, we see all the challenges out there and, and, you know, there's somebody out there in the, in our audiences who maybe lost a loved one or got fired or had a fight with their spouse or just had a rotten day and they come by us and we take them away for two, three hours and uh, that's what drives uh, my staff as well. Everybody's so into making our customers happy. It's really something. It is. It, it's, a, it's a great feeling. And you also take care of your employees, which that means that they take care of their customers. I mean, I don't know how hard that is for other managers and owners to understand, but you seem to really get it. I love that. I really do. It's a family thing. Yeah. You know, we just re- treat everybody like a family. And even, you know, even down to our security staff, our ushers, just everybody – you know, they're all very well informed and they're all empowered with the ability to take care of customers. And it's none of that, you know, it's not my job kind of thing. You know, yes. it's, uh, everybody gets involved. I agree. What have you got through the this this weekend? Have you got any big, big events leading into before Christmas? Yeah, we've got... Um, we've got a big Elvis show tonight and uh, we've got a big... Tomorrow night, I'm very excited about... Uh, in displays we're doing um uh, it's a motown christmas and we got the, all these great performers doing salutes to the supremes and stevie wonder and the temptations and the four tops and martha reason vandals i mean it's just all high end high energy old school motown christmas it's just i'm very very excited about that it's tomorrow night and I want to tell folks. So when I did a, one of the shows on a Friday, so we we've been we go back and forth. We do the uh, we do the arcada, we do the bourbon and brass. I went out there on a yeah. Friday night and I caught the Metra, the, the Union Pacific Northwest, right at Gladstone Park, and which is a few blocks from my house. And then I get dropped off right across the street from the theater, and the train like Literally. I think it, I think it goes back like at ten to midnight, and it is the, the the coolest experience to just you know to know everything's taken care of, to know that if I want to 
want to have a couple drinks. I want to be safe on the train. It's it's wonderful. I think that that more folks uh, need to be jumping on that train and heading out to Des Plaines. And I don't know how how far is it? Is there a St. Charles train too? I don't know that there's one downtown. Is there? Yeah, there's. I mean, you know, you can take trains out to Geneva. I mean, it's not as close uh, as it is for Des Plaines, and that's one of the reasons why. I took advantage and, and uh, obtained that property. And we're, this is uh, we just uh, we just celebrated our one year anniversary on Halloween, uh, and, uh, and and people have been loving displays. And you're right, you know, aside from having a great amount of parking, uh, free parking that surrounds us, but that train literally, I mean, it's it's a hundred feet from our front door. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. And you, both then now do you have you've got a lot you have a lot going on. It's almost like a, yeah. a, a just an entire ent- entertainment district that you have going on at both venues with uh, restaurants. Yes. T- tell folks about let's start with we're talking about displays first. Uh, tell us folks about what they find when they walk in the doors because you've got a beautiful bar on one side, you've got like a pizzeria on yeah. the other side. Yeah. Well, you know, it's again, we're just trying to you you nailed it again, Patty, and we're just trying to be entertainment centers and you know, realize that it takes a lot of uh, a lot for people to make that decision and decide to come to us uh, other than other places. So we try to help them any way possible, give them a lot of options. As soon as you walk in the door in displays, on your left is a bar that I salute my father, uh, who's passed uh, since passed, but mm-hmm. uh, it's called Big Al's Tavern. That the building, our building was built in 1925. Uh, the bar is from 1925, and uh, he was born in 1925. So it's an old-school tavern uh, like you'd see in old-school Chicago. Then on the right is called Des Pizza, which is an homage to Des Plaines and all the uh, the big things that happened in Des Plaines, including the first McDonald's that was opened by Ray Kroc. There's a, there's a piece of uh, history there, and it's all my pizza recipes. And then you go upstairs, and that's bourbon and brass. It's a, it's a speakeasy behind a... Uh, a secret door, library shelf, kind of a thing. <laughs> it's so cool, and, uh, and it's it really is. I mean, people are just loving it, and you know what you have brought to it with this with our comedy shows. And you know, I got to also say that it's not just comedy shows that you know the shows themselves, but man, the level of entertainers. Thank you, Jim Walco. Yep. To to Rocky Laporte. I mean, these are these are high end upscale major comedy people along with yourself. I mean, I couldn't believe that. You know, I didn't know what to expect. We first started working together. I'm thinking, well, maybe there's some up-and-comers, young up-and-comers going to workshop some material, and some of it probably be okay, and some be, like, less than okay, but it'll be all right. Holy smokes, <laughs> top-of-the-line comics. I'm like, I, this has got to be a mistake. I mean, really. Well, so, I mean, because you, you and I have been doing this for a long time, and so, uh, you know, we've, we've, so we've built trust amongst, uh, you know, people that we work with, and so when I tell them, you know, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put together a show, we t- it's the same thing that you do. I want to make sure that they feel taken care of. I treat everybody the same. You know, I do have someone who's like a, cl- a closer. Like, that last show with Eric, Erica Nicole Clark, whose dad is Mr. T., um, and she's got, God, an, it's unbelievable. yeah, she was amazing. And Adam Burke is also a headliner. He was willing to, to be the feature act, to be on that show. He's a, a writer for like, wait, wait, don't tell me on NPR. And, uh, yeah, no, we've got a lot of great talent. I've always wanted to write a book called the funniest guys you've never heard of, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> there's a lot of really talented, uh, headlining comics in the Chicagoland area. Go ahead. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, you know, like I said, I can't. Even, you know, I know the structure, you've got like your MC and you got your first actor, you got your second act and you got your headliner, you got 
But I'm telling you, every single one of those acts could could easily be a headliner. Yeah. I mean, people are roaring. They're thank, you know, they're thanking me. You know, you've given Aww. me a show that people thank me about. You know, <laughs> and that's that's a big deal. And I say it's all Patty, but you know, that is the level of. Uh, I'm very very proud of the product that we're presenting there. Uh, all thanks to you, of course. But uh, and you know, Chicago. You talk about Second City, and you talk about comedy. You talk about you know downtown and. But um, the amount of talent that lives in and around Chicago is, is in the com- comedy world is just unbelievable. And it's really an unsung element of the entertainment world. It really is. Oh, I agree. And and that was so when, you know, when you uh, and I and I probably didn't explain it or I wasn't sure how I was going to put it together or who was going to come along with the, on the ride with me. Mm-hmm. But I always when we started at the Arcata Speakeasy last, I think we started with Cinco de Mayo. I've always booked it as a, a at the beginning as a three headliner show. And I'm only now starting mm-hmm. to bring in like up and coming comics with uh, stronger comics, too, and, and, so, and help them grow, too. So I've got a whole plan. So I'm excited that we're doing this together. It's so much fun. But so, they're good. Thank you. I mean, you could call them up and coming, but you yeah. know, and, and maybe by virtue of their uh, uh, amount of experience or their age, that, that that's the definition of up and coming, up and comer. But man, oh man, the material is right there. You could tell they spent a lot of time developing that material, not just haphazardly throwing some words out in the air. Yeah, it's it's been fun. We already have regulars and everything. And, and uh, again, folks, yeah. folks can go to oshows.com and find out about all the venues, The whether it's this. Now, what we, we've got the Displains, the Displains Theater with all the, the wonderful space, space there. Yep. And you've also, uh, in St. Charles, you've opened up a boutique yeah. hotel, which is incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. You know what? Again, we're just trying to maximize all every inch of real estate uh, in, in our buildings and uh, people are just loving it. You walk in on your right, you've got uh, rock and za, the rock and roll pizza and pinball experience with our Italian pizza oven. And so it's pretty cool. Like 1950s diner esque kind of thing. And then you keep on walking down the, the, the hallway. We've got bar Cata, which is our gaming saloon, like a feature, uh, styled after a 1930s saloon across the hall is rock and ravioli. That's my white tablecloth, high-end uh, Italian restaurant with all my ravioli recipes and doing pianos, a very, very cool place. <laughs> then, of course, the Arcata Theater. You go to the second floor. You, uh, We've all heard of Studio 54, the old disco uh, in, the, in New York in 1970s. But we're on Route 64, so it's Studio 64, kind of a dance club on the second floor, really, really cool 1970s disco uh, decor. And then uh, on the third floor, of course, Club Arcata Speakeasy. It's a restaurant. It's a, they have floor shows. We have dancing. It's really cool. And uh, we're just about to open uh, the Arcadian Suites, which are 11 oh. super suites, Patty, that are <laughs> themed. It's, we got the Elvis Suite, the Rat Pack Suite, the Zeppelin Suite. We've got Prince, Kiss, um, Million Dollar Quartet. I mean, it's, it's, it's really cool what we have. Uh, happening over there. It is an entertainment complex. And similar to the downtown area of Displaying, St. Charles has that incredible vibe, too, that uh, you really, yeah. you're bringing so much energy to it. It's wonderful. What have you got planned for, for New Year's Eve? What's your, your big, uh, the big show that people can come celebrate and ring in 2023? Man, well, yeah, really excited. There's a band called Infinity. Everybody loves, especially out in the western suburbs. And they typically do only all the classic rock stuff. It's one of the top festival bands. But they also have done a thing called the Trans Infinity Orchestra, which is a big salute to the Trans Siberian Orchestra. 
spectacular musicianship. What they're doing is on uh, New Year's Eve at the Arcata Theater, they're starting out with all it. We got a big dance floor, first of all, and we're going to have some um, some food available. And it's just a really, really cool vibe that's going to be happening there. Uh, they're starting out with all the classic rock stuff. And the second set is all Journey. And who doesn't love Journey? And then the third set is is the big dance set bringing in the new year. Uh, everything from Bruno Mars to Elvis. It's just going to be an awesome, awesome night. And then in Displains, we're doing a big tribute night. We've got Chicago's own Piano Man Band that's doing the whole Billy Joel, Elton John salute. And then we've got the National Touring Salute. It's a, it's a full presentation uh, in salute to Michael Jackson. Six dancers, full band, and this guy, Patty, that represents <laughs> or that portrays Michael Jackson. Holy cow. I met him in New York. You know, some Michael Jackson guys look like him but don't dance. Some dance like him but don't uh, don't uh, sing. This guy just does it all. It's creepy and wonderful all at the same time, and it's a lot of fun, and that'll be it for this playing theater. And the other thing that I love, I mean, it's an exciting lineup that you have coming up for New Year's Eve, and I know that you often kick off these events with a, a salute to our first responders and those that serve in the military. And when you and I finish, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have a very important conversation with a Cook County Sheriff uh, Carmen Navarro Jacone about uh, not just the service of law enforcement, but you know the mental health aspect. We've lost three police officers this week alone in Chicago, and I want to thank you for for really acknowledging what they go through and, and the service that they provide. You know, it's it's really something we we salute our heroes, we salute our teachers, our nurses, our medical workers, our union workers. I mean, we you know that's uh, of course our military veterans. I mean. You know, with all the craziness out there, and it's and it's so not about politics. No, it's about humanity. It's about heroes. It's about people just coming together. And especially in this holiday season, look where we were last year, a year and a half ago, two years. I mean, we should just all be hugging each other and going to comedy shows as far as I'm concerned. Yes, comedy and music and having good food <laughs> and uh, and just being around people. That's that's what I've noticed in the last year. Is it, and, and I noticed that when we brought comedy to the Arcata Speakeasy first and then the Bourbon and Brass was how much you could tell people just wanted to laugh and be around each other. There's an, just an eagerness oh for God, that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they still, you know, we want to go back to hugging, want to go back to high five. And I tell you, there's a lot of entertainers. An interesting uh, dynamic, too, Patty, is, um, you know, a lot of the entertainers, especially the stuff that I do, you know, I do a lot of the classic stuff. I do entertainers in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and all that stuff. And these people, you know, they're 60, 70 years old. and, And a lot of them were planning on retiring, but they got a taste of it. Um, during COVID, it's like, oh my gosh, I cannot. They're coming a lot more coming out than retiring now. So that's a that's yeah. a cool thing. We're gonna, just going to keep having a lot of the classic music that we all grew up with. Outstanding. Again, everyone go to oshows.com. And there's a great piece that uh, that Ron wrote about uh, Dick Biondi. Uh, next time I see you, I want to yeah. tell you about my dad's my dad's story about uh, Dick Biondi. He liked him until he didn't. And it wasn't Dick's fault. It was because my dad was in the in the slammer uh, and the uh, the guy at the jail had uh, had, the, had the radio on. And my dad got really sick of hearing Dick Biondi the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. We love Dick Biondi's voice. Yeah. Not 24-7. I get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dad was like, ah, not this guy. <laughs> Just It reminded him of the smells and all that stuff. But uh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs>
<laughs> but uh, no, Dick Biondi was such a legend. So that's a really beautiful piece that you wrote about him. So thank you for that, too. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you in 2023. And uh, as soon as we get the dates down, I'll, I'll have you back on in January. And we'll talk about uh, the calendar then and the comedy shows coming up as well. Awesome. Well, God bless you, Patty. Love you very much. Hope you have a great holiday. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, my friend. Big hugs to you. I'll see you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. And to his whole crew, man. Merry Christmas to all of them. They're incredible. We have in studio with us Carmen Jaco- Char- Carmen. No, see, it's everything. It's not just camp. See, I can't do that either. It's too many words that I want to say too fast. Carmen. Carmen Navarro Jacone is in studio with me, Cook County Sheriff. I want to uh, take a break here and we'll talk to her. There, and we are going to switch gears because um, this is a this is it's too much. And uh, and I want to uh, get her insight. Uh, and I also want to say something really important when we come back. Uh, how grateful I am to have Carmen in my life and uh so you need you need a carmen i mean you, you can't have my carmen necessarily some of you can but not all of you chicago's progressive talk wcpt 820 where facts matter bank said from the minocqua brewing company and i sell progressive beer like aoc ipa and bernie brew a lovingly irascible democratic socialist lager a percentage of the proceeds of every beer i sell goes to helping keep wisconsin blue and driving the trump cult out of our state enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back now available at arminetti wine and spirits in woodstock illinois and famous liquors in lombard as well as in chicago at ans wine and spirits back of the yards and grand and western liquors ukrainian village please drink responsibly you're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are driving it home until 7, and I hope that you are being safe wherever you are. I uh, I know that I've talked in the last few weeks about um, some of the hit a wall emotionally. It's been a really hard year, and the hardest time of day for me is generally the mornings. Um, my son Declan, who lost the ability to walk in May, uh, we have it's it's quite a battle because he doesn't like to be changed because it hurts and he fights and he's combative and I'm usually exhausted by the time we get him uh, off to school on the bus and once in a while I've uh, gotten a phone call from a friend and I have let it go, go to voicemail and yesterday I was like oh thank you Carmen and I had a I just for whatever reason I, I needed it was uh, two days in a row I talked to a friend the day before between you and my friend Pat who uh, both like I, I shared things that were going on that that uh, encounters that I've had in the last couple weeks and the people some people around me not my husband but some people around me are like you shouldn't have done that or you know can't you just uh uh you know this isn't the right place for that and and you and i are not for like when someone is unkind or unjust we have to address it and i've put it away for a long time i'm not going to do that anymore and i think that's part of it is that it's been hard for you emotionally and we're all struggling with how to deal with our emotions and uh and during our conversation when i vented to you you also shared some of the really tragic moments that our law enforcement are going through, the losses that we're experiencing, and yet another police officer took their life their life today, and uh, and and we're all at a loss. It's heartbreaking. It's scary, um, and I, I can't even imagine. I really cannot imagine what this is like for you and your family, your your law enforcement family. Um, I, I don't even know if I can find the right words, um, but I drove in this weather to come here today because it. It means that much. This is one of those issues that is truly not about politics. It's about life. And everyone right now knows somebody who is suffering. Um, the issue is that in law enforcement, they will always be my family. Although I'm currently working for the clerk of the circuit court, um, I was a sheriff for 
27 years. So um, most of my family's there. My husband's still in law enforcement. Uh, and a lot of my friends are too. But the difference is that along with the struggles of what we see in law enforcement, what we witness, what we have to respond to, we're also suffering with the same issues we're encountering at work within our own families, like divorce and mental illness and substance abuse. That happens in law enforcement as well, except that when we don't cope with it or aren't given the opportunity to deal with it, it can be tragic, as we have seen, not only for ourselves, but for our families and for the community. Um, and one of the things I think it's important that we really learn to talk about is that Officer wellness is community wellness. That equals public safety. If we are not well, we can't take care of our communities very well. And it leads to a lot of the things that we're seeing today. And ultimately, the suicide, um, the rate of suicide we've had. uh, And we know the holidays are tough enough. But the cluster of suicides that we're seeing around this time of year. Um, and, and I heard uh, Mr. Onesti mentioned uh, when he mentioned first responders, you know, teachers and union employees and the number of suicide among teachers as well. You told me this number yesterday, and I, I, I don't know why no one's talking about the, the suicides among CPS teachers. I, I, had, I had absolutely no idea um, that there's been a significant number of teachers that have taken their lives. Uh, we need to take a break. Um, and I'm talking again to Carmen Navarro-Jacon, uh, Cook County Sheriff, and uh, now works in the— you, you keep wanting to call me Cook County Sheriff. I want it to be called <laughs> Cook County She's Sheriff. She's with the Cook County Sheriff's Department, and uh, now the, 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 uh, the clerk's— of the court's office. Correct. There's so many words that I have to get right. It's a lot of pressure. Uh, speaking of a lot of words I have to get right, don't forget you can text uh, honey. Uh, see, I'm not even getting that one right either. Okay. Horseradish Prosecco for uh, your chance to win a gift card from um, from our friends at Gindo's Spice of Life. And I want to remind everybody, you know, as, you're, uh, as it's cold out today, this would have been a good day to wear some boot tights, just so you know. And you can go to boottights.com. If you text in WCPT15, you'll get a uh, discount there. So go to boottights.com and all kinds of great apparel there. I really love my boot. They have like this, the, the tights have boots on, like the, the sock. It's a sock. They're amazing. I got to get you a pair of these. Things. They're, they're fantastic. Uh, so let's take a break here. And uh, don't forget, you can see Carmen right now on our live stream. You're, you're, yeah. How's she oh, looking? Oh, I didn't even. How's she looking over do there? Do I have my Superman curl? Do I, do I need to, do I need to tip it up a little bit? Let's, we'll take a break and find out how that looks. More in a moment on WCPT 820. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. That's a lot of traffic out there. And again, please uh, be aware of your emergency crews that are handling uh, the accidents. You know, this is another thing. We have uh, Carmen Navarro-Jacone. She's been a, a Cook County Sher- in the Cook County Sheriff's Department for 27 years now, serves with the clerk of the courts, uh, Iris Martinez. And uh, and this is another thing, too, is in weather like this, people uh, overestimate their own driving abilities and the abilities of others. And when they're coming through these areas, where the, the you know, whether it's the uh, law enforcement or the emergency crews, the firemen, the paramedics, we also lose officers to people who are not driving safely in these situations. How should people proceed through, through an accident scene? Uh, very slowly yes. is the first thing. Um, and they should make sure, especially when there's two lanes of traffic, um, that they allow the 
traffic going in the opposite direction to go ahead on pass furthest from the accident scene mm-hmm. so that the lane closest to the accident has room to go around to allow for space in case something happens to um, where somebody has to run out or something. But also, uh, don't worry about the, what the car behind you is doing. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry don't, about what the car behind you is doing. Oh, yeah, that's a, the that's a thing, too. The people who ride, and, I, you know, you don't want to do anything that initiates conflict. And, I, you know, some cities have, like, welcome to Baltimore and welcome to Philadelphia. Ours are, a sign is, like, welcome to Chicago. Don't make eye contact with other drivers. Uh, like, have you seen that sign over the Kennedy? Yes, yeah. I do. They change it, but that's don't pretty much what look, it says. Don't even look at the other drivers. Because <laughs> like, I've done that. I've done the thing where, like, someone's riding me. I'm like, oh, you think I'm going too slow? How about I go slower? Slower. Yeah. And that's uh, that all. I And then someone raced around me and drove me into a cement barrier. So I actually that time that was what made me mad. The whole thing made me mad. But I actually was trying to speed up. I was like, oh, I'm in the far left lane. If you think I'm not going fast enough. All right. Let me pick it up a little bit. And I was about to get over. Only they sideswiped me into a cement barrier, which was fun. Uh, So, yes, let's just uh, don't worry about what the other drivers are doing. Don't engage. Uh, Just do what's safe for yourself and for those around you. Uh, And we are, you know, this I, I, I. I know Paul Vallis was talking with Joan earlier about uh, about the, the Chicago Police Department and what can we do. He's got some solutions as far as the well-being and the mental health of, of those who serve. I know a lot of people are trying to find answers. Uh, in this week alone, there have been three Chicago police officers who have taken their own lives. I was talking to, um, there's a, a pastor who works at the, the well right here in on the northwest side. And he was telling me, and I don't know, you know, he was telling me some of the scenarios in which it's more likely that a police officer will, will end their lives. And uh, and now, I mean, you know, I, I'm almost hesitant to talk about this because I don't want someone who is ideating on taking their life. At the same time, if we don't talk about that moment where you don't think there are any other answers. I saw this quote last week when Twitch from Alan DeGeneres' show took his life. And someone said, you know, we, we think of it as like, well, why didn't they just do this? or why? And we don't understand that, that, um, that, that it's like a car crash in your brain and nothing else matters. There's, it's just it's this impact uh, that it takes over your entire psyche. And you think the only way out is this one way. And, and you can't let it go. And so I, it, it has to be also planning for the entire department. It has to be, I mean, there's not just a stigma in law enforcement. There's a concern that they won't be able to continue doing their jobs if they check in and say, I'm struggling, right? Yeah, and, and that's what we're trying to explain. Um, police officers kill themselves for the same reasons that a teacher would, that uh, anyone else would. It's this feeling of hopelessness and you want to end the pain. And a friend of mine, uh, Dana Wright, said it best. It's more of a, they don't realize it. You're not getting rid of the pain. You're transferring the pain. And that's why it's so important to continue to have the conversations. Just because someone is ideating doesn't mean that if you ask them that you're going to make them do it. You You have to be courageous enough to say to someone, are you thinking of killing yourself? And it's important to use those words. As difficult as that is, if that's what you're feeling, 
you need to ask them that asking them that question isn't going to make them do it. Okay. You need to know where they're at. But with law enforcement, the difference is, um, for example, I, I've talked to you before. You know, I have five children. I have four grandchildren. Um, you know, I, I've had mental illness uh, I've had to deal with with some of my own children, substance use. I have enough of you in prison. I've dealt with, as a law enforcement professional, with a lot of the same things that the community I swore to protect is dealing with, right? Um, except that when I'm dealing with it with my children, when I respond to a scene or I see someone going through the same things, um, it's it's different for me because I am responding as if that was my child or that was my sister. So, or if that was the last person I had responded to. So imagine a getting called to a suicide. Somebody's thinking of committing suicide and you as an officer is responding to that scene. And this is the 15th time you've responded to someone like that. And maybe you've lost, you just lost the previous one. You're responding to that one. Mm. Like, okay, I'm not going to lose this one. I'm not going to lose this one. And Everything you've been trained to do or learned to do is different because you've already suffered that trauma. You've Mm. already suffered that trauma. Now compound that with maybe you had, maybe as an officer, your child committed suicide or your spouse has committed suicide or your best friend or a parent. And now you're an officer responding to a call like that. How, how are you going to deal with that? That's, that's trauma. Yeah. It's the same thing with a homicide, with a we've we've all dealt with things as humans. At the end of the day, police officers are human beings. They are members of the community, um, but they can't leave that at home when they're responding to the same kind of call at work. And that that's that's why it's different. That's why. um, And I heard some of the points that, you know, Vallis made earlier and and he's correct. Um, But. I'm going to say that we have to go a step further. There's a lot of people out there trying to do right by law enforcement. Um, but the biggest partner that law enforcement wants is the community that they're serving. Yeah. That, that's, their, that's the best partner. They really do want to serve them um, the best. And they know that there's work to do, but they can do that work together. What, what ways can the uh, community be better partners with, uh, with our law enforcement? I mean, in, in this neighborhood, because we have such a large population of first responders and family members, I mean, I grew up, it was one of the things that when I ran for office, like people tried to use against me that I was friends with the cops in the neighborhood. And I'm like, these are my friends, my fa- I have family members that are in law enforcement. And, uh, and, and I understand that there are issues. And I do have, ar- I, I mean, if they knew the kind of arguments that I have with them and, and, and you know, they listen to the show and like one of my friends that he almost drove off the road, he's like, you lefty, you know, and, um, but I grew up here believing you could work together and love each other and have a strong relationship and disagree on a lot of things. I mean, like, look, as far as I'm concerned, human dignity is not up for debate. Uh, but I, I continue first I, I, until I lose complete hope that someone is not redeemable in, in, in any situation. I keep showing up for the conversation. Uh, so what can we do to be a better community for well, in any community for law enforcement? Um, I think it goes both ways. It's, it's about being a better community, period regardless of whether you're law enforcement or not, that's the biggest step to supporting law enforcement is accepting them as part of the community. Um, that's what we can do 
better. That's what we need to do better because having that empathy and that just be kind is going to go a long way. Nobody wants to put on a uniform every day and say, I'm going to go out there and be the worst cop ever. That's what I want to, that's what I want to do. No, it's because of some trauma. It's because you want to be somebody's hero. It's because you were unable to save somebody else or even maybe save yourself that um, you want to go into law enforcement. And then to have the same community that you're literally sacrificing your mental health and your family for. Because let's face it, the divorce rate and suicide rate is highest among law enforcement officers, um, along with alcoholism. So they're sacrificing everything to go serve a community. And then to have that same community that you're sacrificing everything for um, portrayed as hating you is a difficult thing to deal with. That was one of the things that when I first talked to you when you were uh, running for Cook County Sheriff uh, that struck me, uh, you and I were at, a, at an event. And, and I want to come back and talk about that because, uh, you know, what your thoughts, you know, because you talked about how, uh, yeah, we do have these things, these challenges, and we do need to reflect on how we do our jobs and we need to be able to connect with the community. So let's let's talk more about that. When we come back, we're talking to Carmen Navarro-Jacone, former candidate for Cook County Sheriff, uh, 27 years with Cook County Sheriff. Uh, fascinating story. Absolutely fascinating story on how that all unfolded. But we, don't, we delved into it a bunch, but I want to see, because I also want to talk about the uh, the elected police boards. And uh, I'll see, I'll, I'll ask you off the air how much you want to talk about. Uh, <laughs> I have no problem with it. More after this on WCPT. Don't forget to text uh, to text Horseradish Prosecco to 773-763-9278 for your chance to win a $50 gift card to Gindo's Spice of Life Sauces. And we want to thank our sponsor for the tech Screen Camp Kupagani, a child summer of empowerment, challenge, and fun. Go to multiculturalcamp.com. And ooh, stay tuned. I got to tell you more about the mayoral forum we have coming up in January with me, Santita Jackson, and Jonas Bazito. Yeah, it's coming up soon. More after this. WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern, Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. So you think you've heard them all Every Christmas song Every Yuletide carol That has ever come along That's not quite true We present one more to you Menlo the reindeer reported for work on the 24th night of December. Menlo had come all the way from New York, clutching an overnight letter, saying Dasher was sick and a desperate Saint Nick needed somebody healthy instead. But Santa didn't hire Mendel, he took a reindeer named Fred. Mendel, 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 Mendel. Mendel, 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 Mendel. What do you know about Christmas anyway? 
But Santa said, Mendel's that's simply not true. Just look around here, we're all Jewish too. You know Herschel and Harry and Larry and Tavia. Lenny and Izzy and Yankel and Edna. Jewish reindeer, one and all. Each one of them is. They just changed their Hebrew names to make it in showbiz. Even Rudolph? Well, he's ho, 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 Hindu. Mendela, Mendela, won't you please believe? Who else would want to work for me every Christmas Eve? Ho, ho, uh, that's Mendel the Reindeer from Steve Goody and Bradley Tassel. They're Mary Kvetchmas. Kvetchmas. Mary Kvetchmas. <laughs> Carmen Navarro-Jacon is uh, laughing. I did not know you went to high school in, in Skokie. I went to junior high and high school in Skokie. My family moved uh, in 1984 from Humble Park to Skokie. Wow. How much of a change was that? That was a huge change. A huge. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's imagine. in a story for another time, but that was a big, big change for me. Have, have you seen the Christmas movie that was shot in uh, Humboldt with uh, with John Leguizamo and yeah, Alfred Molina? Yeah, yes. we we just watched it last night, and we were just laughing at like they really cobbled together a bunch of Latinos and a Spaniard, which was really kind of a little bit annoying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but so. Yes, so realistic. Wasn't it? It was such a Chicago... Yeah, I thought it was really beautifully shot. The images of Humboldt. Uh, there was one part where they were at a bar, and then all of a sudden they're at, the, at Millennium Park on the ice rink, and I was like, Humboldt Park had enough places to put some lights up. But how beautiful was the field house in that movie? Yeah, and it's still beautiful now. Oh, it's so dazzling. Yeah, It's still beautiful. It's still beautiful. I, I love it, because growing up in Humboldt Park, we would go have our picnics there. We yeah. would play. Um and so I try to uh, remember that. Like sometimes I, I take my kids there too. But that's also the park where um, I don't know if you remember. That's uh, where I lost my brother. My brother was murdered yeah. in Humble Park. Um, and so all the good memories and even movies like that, like seeing that um, overshadow even the darkest of uh, of yeah. memories there because yeah. it is such a beauty. But that that movie. And now I'm going to have to Google the name of it. I know. We just ha- I keep forgetting the name of it. And I've watched it. Uh, and, and people were text. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to be. Everyone's going to be mad at me. Hold on a second. Steve will text me what the name of the movie was. John Leguizamo. Christmas movie. Uh, it's really. Uh, uh, it's the bodega. Everything about the story. I love Elizabeth Pena. She's so. She's just absolutely dazzling. It's a really, really sweet movie that was uh, shot, I think it was like in 2008, nothing like the holidays in 2008. Okay. And that was, my husband was like, why weren't you in that? And I'm like, I know, right? Every Latino in the city. But it was mostly actors from other places. Yes. Except for, uh, except for Freddie Rodriguez, uh, maybe a couple of other actors. Yeah, just a couple of others who actually grew up in the area as well. So they were very familiar. I think that's what made it realistic. Yeah. So uh, the fact that we have Christmas Eve on Saturday and I have pasteles and coquito. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In my refrigerator downstairs, I'm definitely feeling that movie. Yeah, it's a it, it felt so Chicago, um, and and you just uh, you just uh, touched briefly about uh, on your brother's uh, death. Um, 
and you were talking earlier about the collective trauma that law enforcement uh, officers bring to a situation, whether in their own personal life or the things that they've seen. Um, we're talking about uh, also the, the police officers who've taken their lives, three in the last week alone. How many for the, was it nine for the year? It's So far. So far. Um, and, and it's sad that you have to say it that way because this is the kind of thing that can have momentum, unfortunately, the energy. Do you get a sense of, uh, you know, everyone talks about the different reasons, not having enough officers, not having enough support, uh, not having support from the community. Uh, Paul Vallis was talking about the ways in which, you know, the the promotions have been going and how demoralizing that can be as well. I mean, there's so many things that are coming at law enforcement right now, aren't there? Um, yes. Uh, and again, it all comes back to they're experiencing the same thing the community is experiencing, except that we are failing to humanize law enforcement. Um, they're human. We're human beings. We're mothers. We're sisters. We're grandmothers. Um, we've lost loved ones. We've, we've suffered trauma as well. And just like we're willing to uh, give someone the benefit of the doubt that because of the lack of resources and because of uh, whatever reason they didn't have access growing up led them to make certain decisions in their life. We forget that the same uh, trauma that law enforcement experiences leads them to make decisions that they shouldn't be sometimes making either. But at the root cause of the problem on both sides is mental illness. And we have to take care of our we have to take care of our law enforcement officers so that they can take care of us. That is the bottom line. If we want better service from the police, we need to provide them the space and the time to heal from the trauma that they see every day. And right now we don't do that with canceled days off. With And, and by the way, this isn't just the Chicago Police Department. I spent 27 years in the Cook County Sheriff's Office. And in one year, uh, my main office uh, running evictions and warrants was at the Daily Center. And then that courthouse in a 14-month period, we had mm-hmm. nine suicides and five of them were from that building. Wow. Um, so this is across the board. So where are we failing them? We're failing them because we're not providing them the safe space to heal from what they see. Imagine responding to a call, um, whether it's, it's a member of the community or your partner and there it's, it's a horrific scene and you're expected to go back to the station and do the paperwork and get back out on the street. And now this is your 37th day without a day off because your days off have been canceled. Um, your vacations have been canceled. They've been doing the same thing to correctional officers in the sheriff's office for years. Um, and that's why I say we're, we're failing them. And they know that when they complain to the community, that the community isn't listening right now to that because the community thinks what they're experiencing is worse. And who cares about those cops right now? Who cares about the correction officers? Who cares about the deputy sheriffs right now? Our communities are suffering. And what I want those people to know is law enforcement is a part of your community and they're suffering too. So let them help you help them. And together we really can create a stronger support system for everyone. 
You can tell that uh, Carmen Navarro-Jacone is passionate about her law enforcement family. It's one of the... One of the primary reasons that she ran for Cook County Sheriff, and uh, I'm going to turn your mic off because I have to go to the break, but uh, she mentioned at the beginning that this isn't political, and yet there were those in politics who crafted legislation and uh, passed legislation in order to make it – in order to uh, bar her from running and uh, and remove a very powerful voice. Uh, You know, people who say that it's not personal, uh, maybe you can say that to an individual who was trying to represent uh, her brothers and sisters in law enforcement, but really what you did was prevent them from being heard as well. More in a moment on WCPT 820. Tune into the Tom Hartman radio program, your home for news, opinion, and insight right here on WCPT 820, where facts matter. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. Good morning, and welcome to your AccuWeather update. We've got several inches of frozen precipitation on the ground, and it's still coming down. That's right, it's snowing. Coming up, a complete list of school closings right after this. Coming to you on an icy road. Wasn't that your, one of your favorite things as a kid, Carmen, was uh, was waiting for you? And, and we had to wait. We had to wait for the entire alphabetical list before they had, no, before they even had the scroll. We had to wait, like, on, like we would listen to the radio and then we'd go through all the schools. And uh, and now, they, now they're much more effective with just, like, now we get alerts on our phone. You know, we get now, t- now I get an email. Oh. Now I get an email about yeah. the after-school program being canceled <laughs> and about how to call an absence in. Oh, boy. It's definitely it different. Yeah. Uh, even from my friends. First, having my first kid, my oldest, William, is 31. So even from 31 mm-hmm. to now, my grandson, who's in first grade, who's seven, like even the notifications then, like is different. Like I'll get a text message or an email that. So I'm like, sometimes I purposely want to sit and say, sit in front of the TV, wait until you see where this, your school name comes up, knowing they don't do that anymore. Wow. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. And, and I, it just, I was just struck while you were talking about your, your children and your grandchildren and, you know, the things that drove us uh, to run for office was informed both by what we want, but by our by our by being moms. And it's interesting. I, I was just struck by the fact that the people that we ran against, none of them with. I mean, I'm just saying, oh, they're mothers. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, probably totally inappropriate, but I not can be forgiven because I'm I'm not I'm new to this. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, it is it like uh, you? We were talking about this. You know, people are like everybody else uh, takes the crap and swallows it because they might have political aspirations. I'm very happy doing all the things that I do. Do you know what, that uh, there was a the, the incumbent that I ran against tried to have someone intimidate me at my job? Like, I mean, and I'm just in, I'm just in the neighborhood. Like what? I'm, I'm showing up at neighborhood meetings, and you don't like it because I what? Because I, <laughs> you're uncomfortable, and that's the other thing is that people who want me to make those people comfortable when they've caused trauma is absolutely stupefying to me. I, it, it, like, oh, you know, not here, not now. What the th- hundreds of thousands of hundreds of thousands of mailers that were sent out, the court cases that they levied against you the, in order to bar you from even being able to run, and now we're supposed to play nice in public. Uh, yeah, I ain't gonna do that anymore. No, and and that's that's why I'm here because I'm not gonna I'm not here. It's not about playing nice. It's about I have my voice. Yeah, I've discovered. 
discovered my voice mm-hmm. and I'm going to use my voice. And it has nothing to do with, um, yeah, I wanted to be sheriff. Absolutely. I wouldn't have gone through all that and put my family through that if I didn't. But now that I have found my voice and realized the power in it, yeah. um, there's other things that I'm passionate about. And it's not politics. And officer wellness is one of those things. That's why I'm involved in things like Women of the Shield, um, which is a great cohort program where we're trying to get more um, minority females to enter the profession and to provide them real law enforcement experiences um, so they can make an informed decision about whether this is the career um, they really want to choose. And uh, al- along with that, uh, Wayne Langdon, the founder, actually incorporated officer wellness and got the the women a therapist for the six-month session. So they had a weekly session with this therapist um, because what we're trying to do is um, lift the stigma for law enforcement that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, I need time. This is too much. I need some time. And the heads of those organizations, whether you're the mayor, whether you're the police chief, whether you're the sheriff, whether whatever you are, You should want to give that to your officers so that they can continue to improve, so that they can be well, so that they can serve the community, and so they can live out their mission. Right. Not your mission, not your political mission, their mission. Right. Their reason for wanting to be a cop. Right. Yeah. They deserve to live that out to the fullest without having to sacrifice literally their lives Um, And without having to transfer their pain to their spouses, to their children, to their communities, um, we owe them that much. And when you asked earlier, what, what, what can we do for law enforcement? Allow them to be vulnerable and raise your voices and fight for law enforcement to be able to take time to take care of themselves. And to heal from what they see so that they can continue to serve us better. That, that's the important thing is vulnerability. And, and it's, it's, again, it's separate from what, you know, your uh, thoughts are on the role of law enforcement. And when that's a discussion we can have over and over again. Right now, we have people who are suffering, who uh, do want to do a job. And as you mentioned, I, I used to say this a long time ago when I was at a different station. And, and you said exactly what I said then, which is no cop gets up in the morning or whatever time shift they're on and puts on their uniform, puts on their straps on their belt and says, I'm going to be a crappy cop today or I'm going to do bad things to people. They, it's not it's not what the cops get up to do. And as you mentioned, you know, the things that we see unfold is often informed by trauma. You know, we talk about hurt people, hurt people. And uh, and we, you know, I think that we have better outcomes when law enforcement for everyone, when law enforcement is supported and has that ability. What are your thoughts on um, some of the things that Paul Vallis has talked about with and I know that you're it's a separate agency having worked with Cook County Sheriff. So obviously um, you guys don't have the same restrictions for where you can live, what neighborhood you can live in, what city. Uh, what are your thoughts? Vallis wants to remove, he wants to lift the, the requirement to have CPD live within the city of Chicago. Because if I'll, I'll just a little bit of background. I talked to a legislator who said that maybe that's a they need to get away and go relax someplace else, and then you don't have these pockets of sort of you know that feeding off of each other and these groups of, of cops who are like it's just the same story over and over again amongst themselves. What are your thoughts on that? So um, I understand his intention. Um, because right now everyone is fighting to find some way to help law enforcement 
get better. Yeah. And so I believe that that's where Vallis is coming from, um, that he he just we're I don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. Let's give them some space. Right. Right. But then you take that community aspect away from it, because we all know you can't run from their trauma. <laughs> Thank you. You cannot run from your trauma. Once you have experienced it, you must cope with it. You must face it. And you need help with that. Moving out of your neighborhood doesn't do anything if you don't have the support of a community, of your community. So even if you live somewhere else and you're working in this community, the trauma you're experiencing is in this community as a cop. That's the community you want to save. Doesn't matter where you go live. Right. You can't escape that. And if you live somewhere else, you're taking, think about it, bigger picture. As a cop, you're thinking, here's the other thing. Well, I have five children. I live in Chicago. I live in the 38th Ward. Um, my kids go to the United Center for concerts. They graduated from Taft High School. My son was beat up waiting for the bus. Um, but I want to make sure they're safe, too. But can I take care of them if I'm not mentally well? Moving out to some suburb somewhere, somewhere if I'm having no RDOs and working 12-hour shifts, what right. difference is that going to make? How is that going to make me better? And... um the other reason, other thing we have to look at is the money that the city would lose for the resources needed to help continue to build that bridge between law enforcement and the community. So I understand the intention, um, but I, I, I don't, I, I don't believe like- that's a good idea. What do you, uh, you know, you mentioned something uh, that's, that's also really important that I'm curious about, which is our police officers likely or I, I can't imagine cops many cops will admit that they've endured trauma they'll say things like it's part of the job or I've seen it all or con- consider it like as part of the you know they're tough it's, it's just they're tough that's will what they- they're supposed to yeah because I, I remember when I was uh, when I was running there was a firefighter who told me that uh, 10% of him is gone forever and that's just his estimate. And he like the, he told me some of the things that he has seen, um, you know, as a paramedic, and uh, and he said I'll, I'll never get that back, and no no one's willing to talk about it. And and uh, I, I don't think that most, I, from my experience, and, and for whatever reason, whether it's because they're tough or they're worried about their job, would say I, I I've experienced trauma. I don't think a lot of people are comfortable saying I'm traumatized because it makes them seem weak. But but sometimes. Um, that's true. But the other part of it is that some people may not realize that they're traumatized. That's, right. That's right. Right. So when you're doing the work every day, whose responsibility is it to take care of you and to recognize that what you have just gone through is traumatic and that you should speak to somebody just to make sure it is your department's responsibility to make sure those services are available and to make sure that that happens. And when your department doesn't set it up in the way, whether, and again, I speak from experience from the sheriff's office, um, and I see it happening with the Chicago Police Department, when your departments don't set it up in a way that allows you to get the help for those who want to, um, for example, you're forced to work a double shift, you're work, forced to work 12-hour shifts, no RDOs. The, the help and the programs may be there, but when do you have time? When would you have time to participate in those programs, especially if you're a single mother and you, and you have two hours 
nights is go see your kid before you have to sleep so that you can go back to work tomorrow. Yeah. When are you going to have time? Who's going to make the time where I might lose my gun if I go talk to somebody and they yeah. say, I'm then, then if I lose that ability, I may not have a job. Forget it. I'll get together with my friends, laugh, have a few beers. Right. That becomes the coping. Um, it is the responsibility of the department to recognize what there's enough studies out there. Don't reinvent the wheel. You have you have, like I said, organizations, Bank the Blue, one of the newest organizations out there. I'm not a part of that organization, um, but I can tell you the things they are doing for law enforcement is amazing. They have partnered with with um, everyone to to provide resources necessary for officers dealing and across the board. Um all force responders, firefighters, paramedics, sheriffs, cops, um, women of the shield. Um, it, it's there's a lot of people out there trying to do it, but departments are failing. Departments are failing their officers and allowing um, not getting the information out there for communities to support them. And our officers are suffering. The, the latest officer had four children. He transferred his pain to his spouse and four Mm -hmm. children, to his brothers and sisters that graduated the academy with him, to that individual, to that person he may have just helped yesterday, who says, wait a minute, that's the officer who just helped me yesterday. I can't believe he was, he transferred his pain to a lot of people. Now who's going to be there for them? See, and I don't think that that was what struck me when you and I first met was uh, was that perspective, and uh, and it just something just occurred to me. So that it was it was certain, the what prevented you from being on, uh, running was or to be on the ballot uh, to continue to contend for Cook County Sheriff was that it was a uh, cert- certification that was that Sheriff Dart was kind of grandfathered into. And that he oversees the certification of, so it was up to him to, as to whether or not you would be certified. And how? And how many? And how long was he? Was he a cop or a, a sheriff? Like before he was a Cook County sheriff? How, uh, he how was many in years? a state legislator. I think he was a state rep before he was a state's attorney, um, and then. So all the- uh, he ran for office um, and lost. I'm just and trying to remember. I was trying to put it sheriff. all together. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, he actually uh, received a certification in 2021. Um, but what was frustrating for me and, and why I say I found my voice, and that's something you can never take from me. My aspirations were not po- political in the sense that, okay, I was looking for a stepping stone. It's because I truly see a need in law enforcement and to bridge that gap between community and law enforcement, like that's where I see it. Right. Why? Because I'm female. I'm Puerto Rican. I have two black sons. I had a brother murdered due to gang violence. Um, I have a nephew in prison because uh, of substance abuse. I've experienced everything that I'm supposed to be locking up, right? Yeah. But I understand that we have to hold people accountable. Um, but that goes both ways. I also understand that the root cause of the problem on both sides is mental illness, wellness, resources. Um, I want resources there for for the community because I want my kids to have them too. Um, but I want my brothers and sisters in blue to have those same resources. And that's what it really comes down to is, is life experiences and understanding. And, and so there was a when I uh, was working with the folks in the neighborhood that are in law enforcement, they, there's been proposals, you know, 
just make it part of the year is like a check in twice a year so that everybody has to do it. So it isn't something that pops up as an alert like, oh, they had to go see, you know, they had to go for a, well, a mental wellness yeah, check. Yeah, I go a step further, though, Patty, and not just not not just twice a year. I would say, listen, develop it in a way you want to remove the stigma. If I'm a cop and I'm saying I, I don't want people to think, oh, I responded to a homicide. Oh, what a I won't use the other word, but what a wuss. You have to right. go see a therapist. But if the department says, listen, if you've responded to these types of calls, there's a mandatory check-in. Whether you need it or not, yeah, I like there's that. a mandatory check-in. Yeah. Now, the stigma has been released. Did Everybody you go, has to do I don't, it. I confront in front of my partner and be like, yeah, they made me go because of that call yesterday. Sure. But when I went to see that therapist, I could have really let loose, but I can still front yeah, in front of like everybody else. Yeah, that makes so sense. So those are the kind of things I'm saying our our departments are responsible for. Let's take a break here. and We'll wrap up in a moment. We haven't even gotten to the police board conversation, the oh. elected police board in the city of Chicago. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a lot of conversations about that going forward, I believe. Uh, also, well, speaking of that election uh, that we all are going to, there's a lot of municipal elections going on. But in the city of Chicago, of course, uh, there's a lot of alder people that are up for a re-election and uh, who are being challenged or there's uh, vacant seats and all kinds of races going on. We are going to be having a mayoral forum. Uh, the candidates have all filed and Chicagoans will vote to determine who will be the mayor. Of Chicago, have you made have you made your mind up yet? You don't have to. Um, you have to tell me. No, I, yeah. I, 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 um, I kind of. I, I'm. I have You're three. Leaning. I have. I have a. Three. T- I have three. I have I a top I, three. I have a couple. Um, and you know it's. Well, we'll get into it. But. Well, so I so on January 26th, maybe you can come join us because we're going to be moderating a the WCPT Chicago Mayoral Candidates Forum. You're going to hear directly from the candidates about the direction they want to lead the city for the next four years right here on WCPT. That's going to be on Thursday, January 26th. Jonas Bezito, Santita Jackson, and I will all be moderating. Let's take a break here. More in a moment on WCPT 820. We're driving it home till 7, hanging out with Carmen Navarro-Jercone. You're listening to WCPT 820, because facts matter. Now you can text Patty at the same number you use to call us, 773-763-9278. Thanks to our texting sponsor, Camp Kupugani. Register today at multiculturalcamp.com, 773-763-9278. Okay, for the record, he says it differently than I've been saying. Is it Camp Kupugani? See, this is all going to mess me up. Everyone says it. This is not, now it's no longer my fault. <laughs> I've been saying Camp Kupugani, and he says Kupugani. See, Carmen? All right. Let me, uh, there's a listener who's been on hold for a little bit. Hey, Jim, thanks for calling back. What's on your mind, my friend? We're on the air with Carmen Navarro-Jacone. Yes, I I just can sympathize with your guest and you, Patty, because a person can be happy-go-lucky, and suddenly you're hit with trauma, and it's new to you, and you're dealing with it. And you can't really communicate it to even your own loved ones. It's something that it's an interior feeling that it's it's impossible to describe. So it's such a journey to find decent psychiatric care. It's almost uh, it's almost near impossible uh, with our healthcare system the way it is. I don't think they dedicate enough resources to it. But people don't realize it until it hits them, and once it hits them. And you, you're into a different reality then. You can't really explain the reality to anybody because exactly. you're experiencing yeah. yourself. Yeah. And that becomes like a prison of your, in your own mind. And 
You hit it. I'm sorry. I can't even stay quiet. That's exactly what it is. You become a prisoner of your trauma. Um, you. Yeah, that's yeah. wow. That's perfect. That's yeah, so well put, Jim. Thank you. Yeah, but I mean, that's why we, we need these services desperately, and we have to expand psychiatry. They've had a bad rap for years, you know. But when you're in those circumstances. You, you 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 know it. You, you can't really communicate it, but you know it. Anyway, I sympathize with you guys and have a merry Christmas and thank you. Thank you so thank much, you. Carmen. Yeah. Carmen, we have to run because uh, I've got to turn the station over. Uh, so we have to talk about. You have to come back and talk about the elected uh, police board. Yeah. Uh, so I would love to to chat with you about that. Last thoughts before we go. Um, let's take care of each other. Um, let's allow each other the space to be vulnerable and of uh, space to grow. And don't be afraid to have the conversation. That is key. If you think somebody's hurting, ask them. Ask them. Yeah. Are you hurting? And let them talk it out. Just it just takes a minute. Thank you for calling yesterday. You welcome. I appreciate that. It was really. Cool. I love you. I love you too. Good night, everybody. Mike Cruz up next with the Devil's Advocate. You got a couple more minutes to text. Uh, horseradish Prosecco 277-376-39278 for your chance to win a $50 gift card to Gindo's Spice of Life. Go to gindos.com for all the great products. Go to bootights.com and t- you can t- you can type in WCPT15 for your discount. Thanks to Jerry and Shelby. Have a great night, everybody. Love you, Lady B. I'll talk to you all later. Good night.